0: agents Podcast. welcome to the lab code agents podcast this episode is brought to you by the lab code agents marketing center the lca marketing center is designed specifically for the real estate world it's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play from flyers postcards fire flyer presentations to open house signs and instagram posts Check it out for free for seven days at LCAMarketingCenter.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. And I am excited today to get to wrap with uh, someone who has become a friend and a colleague in the business. Uh, We have stood on the same stages together. We've gotten a lot more intimate in business together and now do some uh, collaboration together. And I'm really excited for him to share with you because of what he does on his day to day. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the founder of Club Wealth Coaching, which has been around since 2001. He was a top agent producing on average 120 to 180 transactions per month. And at one time even had 750 listings In his queue. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Michael Hellickson of Club Wealth Coaching.
1: Wow, thanks for having me. What an introduction. I appreciate that, Jeff. Super cool of you to have me and uh, honored to be here. I know you guys uh, have some amazing guests on. So, really nice of you to include me in that list. It's super cool. Absolutely, Uh, man. Absolutely. So, we, uh, you know,
0: obviously at the time of this recording, we're knee deep in COVID 19 and quarantines and all this craziness. Uh, And you and I kind of talked about a variety of topics to share. And as I've told our podcast audience over the last few weeks, like we're specifically staying away from that exact topic uh, because it's being covered everywhere you turn, right? So we thought, what's one of the best topics for Michael to share that he's sharing every day, which is how you create what you create in your platform of Club Wealth, uh, which is creating top performing agents and top performing teams. Oh, by the way, folks, it's the number one coaching company in the team space. So pay attention if you're in that space. Uh, And Michael, before we get into the, the topic that we agreed upon, which is five key habits of successful real estate agents, I want the audience, I want to assume the audience doesn't know you. And so let's just assume the people who don't know you, tell them about who you are, where you come from, how you came up in real estate, and how you got to the point that you did crushing real estate?
1: Well, I guess we were an overnight success, 25 years in the making, right? So yeah, I mean, how far back do I go? I mean, very, very short version, started selling real estate in high school, 18 when I got my license, top agent in my office before I graduated, which really just meant that I was less broke than the rest of them, but I was still broke. (laughs) So apparently we were all broke back then. And yeah, just, you know, really duped it out, worked really, really hard for A long time. Started off my very first coach in the business was Mike Ferry. Learned a lot from Mike. And then shortly after Mike, uh, you know, I kind of hit a plateau or a ceiling with him after a while. And then I started coaching with Brian Buffini. Had some great success there. That helped me grow my production even further. Then uh, hit a plateau there. Started coaching with some other folks. I've coached with pretty much anybody you've heard of that's major. I've probably coached with them at some point and uh, learned a lot from each one of them. Got a lot of great things to say about all of them. Uh, And they all kind of helped me along my journey and really helped me to develop into what, what eventually became the number one team in the country. Um, And what we figured out that, that I think for me at the time was an epiphany. um, I don't think the industry kind of, kind of saw it that way at the time. But um, what we figured out was all these great coaches out there had all these great ideas and these great things they taught. Like, you know, Mike was, you know, the prospecting and ALP guy, right? And he was really good at those two things. And Brian's the referral guy. And he was really great at those two things. And, and you know, we had all these different coaches that were great at the thing they did. But what I figured out for me anyway, that was really important was I couldn't be a one or two trick pony. I had to learn All these different ways of doing business and I had to figure out what for me was the the perfect stack if you will of both technology and leads and systems and people and you know just really kind of come to what was what were the ingredients that made for our perfect uh, you know success soup if you will and uh, and yeah so from from there just it was a lot of hard work but then we really kind of narrowed it down into Well, let's back up. As I went through this process with all these different coaches, one of the things I figured out was there's all this stuff to do. But it comes down to one thing that's going to determine whether we're successful or not. All the other things are important. But one thing for every single person out there was going to determine whether or not they were successful. Because if they didn't get this one thing right, all the rest of it didn't matter. Right. That said, you had to get the one thing right and you had to then, if you want to be very successful, incorporate these others. So that one thing that you have to get right is habits. And there's a there's a series of habits. There's specifically five habits that in the real estate industry, whether you're an agent or a broker or a team leader or, or a member of a team, you have to get these habits correct have to nail these five habits if you want to survive every market and be successful and actually grow as market shifts happen. So it's important right now, but it's important all every market that you nail the habits in particularly these five habits. So if you'd like, I'll dive right into those. Yeah. And I think it's
0: important to to point out that you know, again, here we are amidst this crisis. And I think a lot of people are picking up new tricks, but they're not. And and we say this because I'm knee deep, as you know, in video, and and we're doing a lot of I told you so you should have been doing this two years ago or six months ago. um, But you know what, let's focus on the now and let's focus on what you need to be doing. And so I think for a lot of people is 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 pay attention to this not because although it's extremely relevant now and you have the time to focus in and get better at the things that you haven't had the time for, look at these as applicable strategies
1: in perpetuity for your business. Correct. Absolutely, that's exactly right. And uh, so you know, it's interesting because we talk about. I heard you say these new things out there. And, you know, really the new things that are out there, and we got to be careful, obviously, about shiny objects. I'm, I'm not a big fan of shiny objects. But I'll say this, that the new technologies and some of the new tools that are out there are really just a, adaptive ways to do the old things that we've been doing, right? And so now it's just taking those intrude principles that have worked well for decades and decades and now utilizing new tools, technologies, systems, and, and knowledge to enhance those things that we know work. Uh, The problem that I think a lot of agents have is they run from this thing to that thing to this thing to that thing, and they never really dial anything in at a really high level. And so to start with, I want to start there. We've really got to dial things in at a high level. And again, that comes back to habits. You know, it's interesting. People will try something for a little while, and if it doesn't work right away, they give up and they think oh that thing didn't work no 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 no. it's not that that thing didn't work either you didn't do it right or you didn't give it enough time to really go to work for you and I could give example after example of of this but instead of doing that I want to dive right into these habits and I want to talk about why it's important to develop these habits because if you don't there's no question you will fail in this business. And when times get tough, like I love these kinds of markets. And I and, and I don't mean to say that I love the coronavirus, so it's, you know, but I, I've been through four shifts in the market now. I came in during a shift and I've had three since then. And each time my business has grown, each time people around me were falling apart and I was growing and my business was growing and we were succeeding at a very high level. And those were every single time, the, the periods of our best growth. And so I hope that the people listening will write this down. Uh, this is the one phrase I want you guys to remember from today. And that is that where there's opportunity, excuse me, I'm sorry, Where? oh my gosh. Where there's chaos, there's opportunity. Where there's chaos, there's opportunity. I totally screwed that quote up, can you believe that? I said it a thousand <laughs> times. Xinju said that, I can't even pronounce his name right, but it's where there's chaos, there's opportunity. I want you to think about this for just a minute because right now there's chaos, it's great opportunity. Here are the habits. If you want to find the opportunities right now and in any market, good or bad, develop these five habits and you will have no choice but to succeed. And the first of the five habits is lead generation. And lead generation happens in lots and lots of different ways. There's actually over 2,000 different lead sources in real estate today. What's interesting is you don't need 2,000 to make a million dollars a year. In fact, if you just want to make six figures in real estate, you need between 10 and 15 lead sources that are consistently throwing off business for you now as we talk about this it's important to understand the difference between chasing business and attracting business and it's and early in your career if you're in what we call tier one so you're doing zero to 25 transactions a year you're in what we call chasing business why because you have more time than money if you're in tier one And so you're doing things like cold calls, Fisbos expireds, you know, all that kind of stuff where you're door knocking, whatever. You're doing things that you go spend time and you get business. Now, as you transition into tier two, you can do more things that attract business. You know, by the time you get into tier two, which is 25 to 75 transactions a year, you probably have a more developed sphere of influence. Hopefully you've been working that sphere of influence hard. So you're getting a little bit more business out of that. And you now have a little bit of a track record out there. You've got some dollars coming in. You're able to use those dollars for some marketing. Maybe you're doing some Facebook advertising. Maybe you're buying some leads. There's all kinds of ways to bring business in. But now you're starting that transition from chasing to attracting business. So what we want to do with our lead generation is we want to make sure that as quickly as possible, we make that transition. Next, we want to diversify our lead flow. Now, here's something very scary about referral-based business. And I will tell you that agents that rely solely on referral-based business are going to struggle to continue to keep their production where it's at. Why? Because the amount of referral-based business that's coming in on a per-agent basis is lower than ever before. Here's some National uh, National Association of Realtors statistics to back this up. So six years ago, 61% of the average agent's business came from sphere of influence, past clients, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to just call that sphere. 61%, just six years ago. So in 2018, so a year ago, that number had dropped to 41%. That's a massive drop, you guys. Mm -hmm. Went from 61 to 41. Now, we don't have the actual number from 2019 yet, but I've heard that it's in the 30s. Why is that number dropping? That number dropping is a major indicator as to what's going on in real estate today. And here's what's happening Jeff, take a guess on how many buyers start their search online Gosh, Uh, you mean from a percentage standpoint? Yeah, what percentage of buyers do you think start their search online? Oh, man, I'd say 75% 92 Wow 92% that is a crazy number. I mean Dude, 10 years ago, that would have been like unheard of. Even five years ago, not even close. 92%. Now, here's the really scary part of that 92%, 72% work with the first agent they come in contact with. Now, here's what, isn't that crazy? Here's what's really interesting about that statistic. Have you ever run into an agent and you're just like, why would anybody pick that agent? Why in the world would anybody choose to do business with that knucklehead? I don't understand. I know that everybody listening to this right now is thinking of four or five agents that are are coming across their minds right now. They're like, oh gosh, I could rattle off a, a whole litany list of agents like that. Well, guess what? The reason why is that was the first agent they came in contact with. That's it. And so here's the key. We have to be first. Now, am I telling you not to do referral-based business? No, not at all. I absolutely believe in referral-based business. I will tell you this, though. If you're relying on it for more than 25% of your business, you've got some challenges ahead. And I'll tell you, it gets even worse in a recession. When recessions hit, when someone's house is in foreclosure, for example, they don't call their buddy up and say, hey, man, hey, I'm about to lose my house in foreclosure. Do you have a great real estate agent you could refer me to? I said, no one ever, right? They just don't do that. Instead, what they do, and I've been on thousands, literally thousands of these appointments. I wanna, for for many, many years, I was going on six to eight appointments a day. And I'll tell you that a huge number of those appointments were distressed sellers. And I'll tell you every single time, here's what I get. I list their house and they say something like, hey, Michael, is it possible to not put a sign up in the yard? Because I don't want my neighbors to know that we're going into foreclosure. Like that, so they're afraid for their friends to even know they're moving, and they generally don't even find out until it's too late. That's why one of the you know a, a very a, a coaching company that I used to be a, a client with years and years and years ago. Great coaching company that really spends most of their time in the in the referral sector. Uh, they almost went out of business in 2008 and 9. And this is a great company led by a great person who does a lot of business and very smart business person. It wasn't their business, you know, the, the, their business acumen that was the problem. It was simply the fact that it was solely reliant on referrals. And so again, when the market recedes, so does the referral-based business. And what's really interesting is in the most profitable time, the best period of time we've seen, the best economy we've seen in my lifetime has been, you know, this last, we'll call it 10 years. And during that time, the referral based business has been dropping. So, the message for this is number one, you need to get on and you need to diversify lead flows so that it's not solely reliant on referrals. Now, that being said. So, I have a question.
0: I have a question. So, I think the first thing that comes to an agent's mind, and, and, and I'm just trying to think like they're thinking, like the audience is thinking, is they're thinking, okay, so you're telling me I need to buy more leads. But I know that's not the only answer to uh, getting online. So give give like t- multiple examples or ways that that you mean that you
1: define being online, rather than just buying leads from a lead aggregator. So I love the way you just defined that. So first and foremost, when at, at the end of our podcast today, I'll uh, I'll give you guys uh, a text opt in where you can get. Uh, literally 17 of my best lead sources. We've got 109 lead sources we recommend to our coaching clients. I'll give you 17 of them. And for those that, when they when this thing goes live, for those that do it what when we're live, I'll give you 35 of my best, or excuse me, 31 of my best lead sources. Um, but that being said, let's talk about what are some different online ones. First of all, you're right. There's lots of lead aggregators out there. Well, what is a lead aggregator? <laughs> a lead aggregator is somebody that does a bunch of marketing, brings in leads, and then sells those to real estate agents. Certainly, they're, you know, like, like a Zillow or a Realtor.com, some of those. And certainly, those are great lead sources. Uh, but the ROI on those lead sources is far lower than when you do your own marketing and you bring leads in. Facebook, pay-per-click, uh, it's, you know, those types of things. When you learn to market online and bring in your own leads, you get much higher ROI. Here's the problem, and here's what people need to understand. Every lead source has a cash conversion cycle. And this cash conversion cycle is super important to understand. As an example, a realtor.com or a Zillow lead, you know, a a, you know, a portal like a realtor.com or Zillow, they're gonna have anywhere from a 90 to, let's call, you know, a 90 day to six month, uh, maybe at the outset 12 month, cash conversion cycle. So most of those leads are going to start to convert somewhere in that range. You know, generally speaking, it's going to be six to nine, excuse me, six to 12 months. A Facebook lead or a pay-per-click lead is going to have more like a 12 to 18, sometimes even as much as 24 month cash conversion cycle. So that's from the time I get the lead, how long does it take to turn it into a transaction where I get cash? Now, sign calls and referrals can be anywhere from 30 to 90 day cash conversion cycles. They're very fast, right? So what you gotta ask is, why don't I then only do the ones that give me cash right away? Well, because first of all, there's not enough of them, right? So you're not getting enough sign calls to support your business. You're not getting enough referrals to support your business, at least not with the type of growth you would like to have. And so you have to look to other sources. Well, why then don't I just buy Realtor.com or Zillow leads or, or similar? Well, there's agents out there that do that. Uh, One notable one comes to mind, Robert Slack, he'll spend $8 million this year on realtor.com leads alone. Uh, And he does a lot of business. He'll close 6,000 transactions this year. Now I will tell you this, his profitability will be lower than someone as as a percentage of his overall income, as as a percentage of his gross income will be lower than someone who has a blended lead, uh, lead flow. So as an example, I might get a three or a four roi Uh, so for every dollar i spend i get three or four back on a portal lead or a lead lead aggregator lead whereas with facebook or pay-per-click i could very easily be in the eight or nine dollar range on return on that investment so the goal is we need to have enough of these short-term cash conversion cycle lead sources to support our business to support our agents and to support our growth as we dial in our other lead sources that produce a much higher ROI, but take a little bit longer to incubate and nurture. Does that make sense? Totally. Absolutely. So as we do that, we can both exponentially scale our team and be profitable in the process. And more importantly, the longer our team is in existence, the more profitable we get as a percentage of our overall gross revenue. So got to diversify the lead flow. Now, Most agents, if I asked most agents listening to this right now, what's your biggest problem? What do you need in order to be more successful? Most of them would say more leads, but that's actually not the problem. Now, I will admit that for a lot of agents, that is a problem. In fact, that's why Realtor.com and Zillow exist. They identified how terrible real estate agents are at generating leads, and they said, hey, why don't we service this hole in the industry, this gap in the industry for them, and we'll get them to pay us for the leads. And guess what? We did. Not only did we do that, we gave them our data and said, hey, here's all our listings. You go promote the listings and we'll just pay you for it. And it's funny to me that now people are upset by that, right? Well, guys, we're getting exactly what we asked for, right? If you didn't want that, we shouldn't have asked for it back in the day. So that being said, <laughs> what they've also figured out is, so remember, habit number one is lead generation. Mm-hmm. What they also figured out is the only thing that we suck worse at as an industry then lead generation, is lead follow-up. Conversion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually later. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, sorry. You're, sorry. Getting, you're, sorry. you're a little bit ahead. Yeah. But it's lead follow-up is the next big problem, right? And so now, you know, Realtor Commonzilla figured out, hey, we suck at lead follow-up, so why don't we create OpCity and Concierge? And guess what, that's what they did, and now we pay them to help us with lead follow-up. Well, guess what, if we were doing this in-house, we wouldn't have to pay for that, right? So first we got to nail lead gen, then we can nail lead follow-up. And again, these have to be habits. In fact, the first three habits have to make up 90% of our day. So if you just do the first three habits for 90% of your day, all the rest of everything you do in real estate will basically take care of itself.
0: Interesting. You
1: have to do these three habits and if you fail to you will not reach well you'll get exactly what you deserve right if you if you do it at a high level you'll succeed at a high level if you fail to do it at a high level you won't but you'll get what you'll reap whatever you sow so lead follow up let's talk about lead follow up there are some very very important aspects of lead follow up that are very clear for some and very obscure for others the first is speed to lead we have to get to these leads quickly Five, what is it? Uh, actually, about eight years ago, the Harvard's, Harvard Business Group did a study and they figured out that if it takes you longer than five minutes to follow up with a lead, your chances of connecting with that lead drop by 900%. Now, wow. that, that was eight years ago. How much harder is it now? A right. lot, yeah. right? Of course. Now that number is 30 seconds. If you fail to connect with the lead in the first 30 seconds, you are going to struggle. And I'll tell you why. I did a very informal study with one of our coaching clients, Jesse Zagorski down in San Diego, California. He's got an ISA or had at the time an ISA named Benson. And I asked Benson, I said, what I want you to do Benson is I want you to contact every one of those leads. The second it comes in, I don't want you to look it up. I just want you to hit send on your phone and call them. And so he did this for two weeks and he got really good. He got a speed lead down below 30 seconds and what we asked, what, when he told me about this, I asked him, I said, so how many agents, while you were talking to that person, how many other agents called them? And he says, on average, it was four to five other agents when he was on the phone with them in the first five minutes. So we devised a radical plan. I said, Benson, here's what I want you to do, because I want you to eliminate the competition. I want you to make it so you don't have to worry about any of those other people calling this client. So what do you think I told him to do? <laughs>
0: I, I'm, I'm actually very excited to hear what the answer is. I'm intrigued.
1: Keep them on the phone for five minutes. Duh. <laughs> right? Right? How crazy is that? <laughs> Literally just keep them on the phone for five minutes. Yeah. And by doing so, here's what we know. Those agents are virtually completely unlikely to ever contact that person again because most agents will not follow up. And if I've done my job and I've built a relationship on trust, that's an the acronym for that is B-R-O-T, wrote, If I've built my relationship on trust, then guess what? So if I if I've established rapport with this person, the chances of them calling those other agents is almost next to nothing as well. So keep them on the phone for five minutes. Now I'll tell you how competitive it is today. So remember, I was talking to you about Robert Slack. The no, he's number one agent in the country, in the world. Right. His average speed to lead sixteen seconds. In 16 seconds. That's how competitive it is now. So we got to get our speed to lead nailed. This is really, really important. Interesting. So, so,
0: so it's not just the follow up in general, it's also the, you know, like you said, keeping them on the phone, which is essentially blocking out your competition.
1: That's correct. Now, watch this. What happens if, if I call them up and they don't answer? <clears throat> which happens more often than not, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So most agents would then at that point, they would say, well, just leave them a voicemail. To which I would say, no, that's the worst thing you can do at this point. Remember, we want to go from chasing leads to attracting leads. So watch this. I'm going to show you in a very simple process how to get this lead 83% of the time to get on the phone with you. Okay. Here, right, 83% of the time. So here's what you do. You're going to call them up. If they don't answer, you're gonna hang up the phone and you're gonna do what we call a double dial. So you're immediately gonna call them back. Now, if they don't answer again, still do not leave a message. Instead, I want you to send them a three word text message. So here's the process again. So I call them, they don't answer, right? I want you to think about this in the mind of the consumer, right? Let's back up. If you're a parent, you have children, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine what it would be like if someone from a number you don't recognize calls you up, you don't answer, they don't leave a message. They call you again right away, you don't answer, they don't leave a message. And then you get the following three-word text message. Now, this text message is very important. It's very simple. Okay. Is this, and then whatever name they registered with, is this Susie? to which they almost always reply because now at this point they're starting to think hmm this is odd something's off right like if if this has gone on and they've got kids they might even be thinking oh my gosh like something's wrong with my kids like either one of them's in the hospital or in jail depending on which kid it is right yeah so now all of a sudden they get this three-word text their response is almost always going to be yes who is this So already I know that I've got the right name of this person, right? I've got their correct name, so that's helpful. Next, I've got their curiosity. So now here's how you get them on the phone 83% of the time. There's another three-word text message you send out. It's simple. Are you available? No. You're close. It's a good try, though. I like that. (laughs) No, not that. Very simply, calling you now. (laughs) Right? Okay. Okay. Now, how's that for urgency? Because if I'm a nurse or I'm a doctor or I'm a police officer, I'm not going to say, are you available? I'm going to say, calling you now with authority, right? And so all of a sudden, they're freaking out. They pick up that phone when you call, and now you get to actually have a conversation. Now, occasionally, not, not very often, but rarely, you might get somebody who's like, oh, my gosh, you had me so freaked out. I thought something was wrong with one of my kids. What are you doing? Oh, my gosh, blah, blah, blah. And here is your response. Super simple. I'm going to turn them from frustrated or angry or whatever into super happy with you. Very simply, you're going to say, oh, my gosh, Jeff, I am so sorry. You had reached out to me on 123 Main Street, and I just wanted to make sure I wasn't dropping the ball on my end. I just wanted to find out, you know, did you just want the prize? Did you want to set up a time to see it? Or can I just answer some questions for you? And all of a sudden, they are disarmed. All of a sudden, now the response is, oh, okay. Well, in that case, I just want the price, all right? Yeah, we kind of wanted to see it or whatever. But now you're having a very different level of conversation because you came from contribution. Your attitude toward this was, I didn't want to drop the ball on my end. I want to make sure that you were taken care of.
0: So, so let me ask you this. Does that actually, you know, I'm not, I've never been a lead guy. And not, first of all, I'm you know, obviously in the mortgage business, not the real estate business, but even then, these people just this year, we just talked about speed to lead. They, they clicked on something, you know, within the last 60 seconds, does that
1: really happen all that often to where they act like they're oblivious to what they just did all the time, all the time. What you got to remember too, is they're on 20 different sites and they're getting calls from 40 different agents. I mean, it's, and, and people say, oh, but Michael, I buy exclusive leads. I got news for you. There's no such thing as an exclusive lead because people click on every site out there. They're not just clicking on one site. Right. So
0: so you might get an exclusive lead with one aggregator, but you're not, you're discounting the fact that they were on their phone and multiple websites
1: and all that jazz getting other leads. That's exactly right. Good point. Yep. Yeah. And so it's, and and by the way, I wouldn't even, I don't see the value in exclusive leads anyway, for the most part. Now there are certain exclusive seller lead sources that we use um, that I do see some value in, but for the most part, most quote unquote, exclusive lead sources are not worth paying for exclusivity. Uh, Because frankly, I'm going to, I'm going to outmatch my competition anyway. I'm going to call faster. I'm going to be more tenacious. I'm going to follow up better than they are. Um, So now let's back up to this. That will get you on the phone with 83% of them. <clears throat> what about the other 17%? What about those folks? How do I make sure I connect with them? And this is really important. You know, write this down for, for those of you that have the ability to do so. The fortune is in the follow-up. And I know you've heard that before, but you got to remind yourself that. The fortune's in the follow-up. So I was doing all that listing and all that business back in the day. I was listing 50 to 75 houses a month myself, not counting my team and not counting REO. That was just me going on mom and pop listing appointments six to eight times a day, 12 days a month. That's what I did. So how in the world was I able to schedule so many appointments? Because I made in between appointments from my car, each day I would make 115 to 125 follow-up calls. So I just hit those phones and I hit them hard while I was driving out, and I would set my appointments. And I'll tell you, there's easy rule to follow. We call it the rule of three. So it's the club wealth rule of three. If you really want to figure out how do I, because there's there's all these complicated lead follow-up strategies out there. Keep it simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. My, my experience is the simpler it is, the more likely you are to do it. So r- before you start worrying about, oh, I've got to have these complex drip campaigns and auto text and email and blah, blah, blah that goes out. Understand this, the vast majority of where the best lead contact will come is from you picking up the phone. And so the easiest way to do that, there are six ways that you'll want to follow up with people. Phone is the first. Here are the other five ways that you need to follow up with people. So number one is phone. Then you've got email, text message, video, email, video text message, Facebook stalking, and it's phone. Email, text message, video text, video email, and Facebook stalking. Hmm. All right. Now, how frequently am I going to do that? Now, let's assume that I did not get a hold of them my first go around. Then I'm going to follow up with them three times a day for the first three days, three times a week for the next three weeks, and three times a month for the next three months. I'll give it to you again, three times a day for the first three days, three times a week for the next three weeks, three times a month for the next three months. I've got to be very consistent about that. Now, if I get a hold of them in the morning, am I going to call them two more times that day on those first three days? Heck no. As soon as you get a hold of them based on your conversation with them, you're going to judge what you're going to do for continuing follow up with them. The numbers I just gave you are what you do prior to actually connecting with and having a conversation with them. All right. Now, generally speaking, if they tell you, Hey, I'm six to nine months out, you're going to cut that time in half and you're going to follow up with them. If they say six months, you're going to follow up with them in three. That's a good general rule. Now, in the meantime, get their permission and send them other value in the meantime so that it's not just, Oh, all of a sudden I get a cold phone call from Michael three months down the road. In the meantime, I want to be sending them information that's valuable and important to them. So we don't have time to go into that today, but just know, Nurturing process is the critical component that is gonna separate highly successful people from those that are not as successful, or I should say it's one of the critical components. Love it. All right, so habit number one is lead generation.
0: Yeah.
1: Habit number two, follow up, lead follow up. And that brings us to habit number three. And habit number three is something that even drug dealers do better than real estate agents. <laughs> How crazy is that, right? why would I bring up drug dealers on a podcast? Well, I've never done drugs. Heck, I don't even drink. I don't even drink coffee for that matter. But but I will tell you that we can all learn a lesson from drug dealers. Uh, Actually, there's probably quite a few, but one in particular. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting takeaway that we're going to have here. Go on. Oh, this will be a good one. So the problem we have to solve is lead conversion. That's habit number three is lead conversion and real estate agents are as an industry we are terrible at lead conversion. And so what do we need to do? Well one we can hone our skills and we can get better at lead conversion that goes without saying. But I'll tell you this. We have to take simple steps right now, take a lesson from drug dealers and change the way we convert leads. So watch this. Jeff as a lender you're going to you're going to probably flip out a little bit when I say this, but you probably you'll 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 probably like it when we're done. So what is, the, what is it that most agents do? They get a live buyer on the phone, and before they go show them houses, they want to make sure they get them pre... pre-qualified, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Get them pre-qualified or get them pre-approved, right? Mm-hmm. All right. That is the worst thing they can do right now. That's the worst thing you can do. That is what we call sales prevention 101. See, that's not service. And remember, we're in the customer service industry. What yeah. that is is making people jump through our hoops, right? Yeah. So, a drug dealer doesn't say, Well, prove to me that you got money before I'm going to let you taste my product, right? What do they do? When the drug dealer wants to get you as a client, they give you the first one free. They get then you hooked. You-
0: they get that's you right.
1: hooked. That's exactly right. So, that's the phrase. Write that down. First one's free, then you got to pay. First one's free, then you got to pay. Now, I want you to think about this principle for just a minute. So, Jeff, do you sell better voice to voice or face to face? I would say face to face, hands down. Absolutely, everyone does. Everyone now, yeah. and and I don't care what's going on in the world. I mean, I get it, right? You know, there's we got to take precautions, and you know, with what's going on right now, maybe we can't get face to face in person as often as we once could. But guess what? Face to video. I'll tell you this: at the very least, video. It's interesting. There's studies done that show that the, the the neuroactivity in the brain is almost. The exact same when you're on video as it is when you're face to face in person. So there's a negligible difference between the two. That's powerful. And so what they're saying is video is almost as powerful as actually being with the person. So use that to your advantage, but understand that you have a much better chance of closing someone face to face than you do over the phone. And that's what drug dealers understand, right? They know they got to get them hooked on the product. Well, guys, the house is not the product, you're the product, right? People don't buy houses. They buy the agent that they work with, and that agent shows them houses that they want. At some point, they fall in love with the right one, and they they decide to buy it. You're not going to convince them to buy a particular house. So that, so that's not the product that you have to sell. You have to sell you. And when you sell you properly, they choose to do business with you. So give them that first one free. So I'll show anybody a house once, right? Also, Anybody that contacts us that says they're interested, I'll, I'll take them out one time. All right, so we got to keep moving. We're running out of time. So, well, so to- let me ask
0: you real quick. So that that's yeah. interesting. And that's it's very important because uh, I think that is what most agents are taught not to do. And and I think this is a great shift. And you know, as well as you and I know each other, we've never actually had this conversation before. So I'm actually fascinated by all of this. Um, and it's not exactly rocket science, but it goes against the principles of what most brokers teach, which is sure. make it convenient for you by making sure they're pre-qualified. Whereas in what you're saying is, Hey, folks, you know, if you can get them to sit down with you or to meet with you or to meet you in person, the odds of you selling them go up exponentially. So that's the whole drug dealer analogy is give them something for free. So you're saying, uh, and I'm sure some agents are going to disagree with you, inconvenience yourself
1: because you're going to get more sales as a result. Absolutely. You know, is, is it convenient to get up in the morning and make phone calls? Is it convenient to get up and go to work every day? Come on, man. I mean, that's, a, that's exactly what our business is about. You nailed it, Jeff. It's, guys, if we're going to inconvenience anybody, it should not be our customers. It should be ourselves, right? So let's find win-win scenarios where we can deliver the value and the service that they need, want, and deserve so that we can get the result that we want as well. Now, I'm going to take this a step further. Let's say for a minute because I want them to get pre-approved through my lender, right? It's, it's in my best interest and theirs, frankly, to have them do that. But I never do that until I've set my first appointment with them. Now I'm going to give you a script that if you'll use this script, you will get them almost every time to want to talk to your lender and you'll use the script on your initial phone call with them. The key though is, you first set the appointment, then you've earned the right to use this script. Are you interested in the script, Jeff? Go. All right, here it is. If they could save you ten dollars to $20,000 on your mortgage, would you be interested in chatting with one of our lenders? <laughs> I'll give it to you again. If they could save you ten dollars to $20,000 on your mortgage, would you be interested in chatting with one of our lenders? I mean, what idiot would say no to that? Now, as right? a lender,
0: no. I'm cringing oh tell me why <laughs> uh, it's just a bold statement i mean you know what does that mean and
1: that's uh, obviously i know you're going to expand on it so so go well let's talk about what does that mean i mean first and foremost are we promising that the lender's going to save them anything no we're just asking if they could would you be interested in talking with them second of all i don't you know i don't know what programs they're going to qualify for i don't want to know it's not maybe it is a bad idea for me to get involved in the loan process at all amen, amen. It really is. I mean, agents need to focus on what agents do best. And these agents that whip out their HP calculators and try and, or I guess now their smartphone back in the day, remember the old HP calculator oh, yeah. back? Then? Oh, yeah. Now they're doing it on their smartphones. But, but back in, you know, but agents that whip their phone out and they start trying to calculate mortgage payments, and all this stuff, guys, you're doing yourself and the client a huge disservice. Huge. Get them to the professional that's going to be able to help them out and get them to them in a way that they want to talk to that professional. <laughs> so, that script works really well to get them to want to have the conversation with your lender, um, and you can you know, at some point along that conversation, you're going to be endorsing that lender, just like that lender is going to be endorsing you, and it becomes a true partnership. And the great thing is that third party endorsement is much more powerful than you saying, "Hey, look how great I am," or your lender saying, "Oh, look how great I am." Uh, never do that. So, all
0: right. I love it. I love it. And, and by the way, just just to to expand on that just a tad, uh, just the simple. Just having a lender who's going to educate your buyer, or your your borrower, your buyer on the the options that they have, and they might be able to tweak and get a little bit better interest rate. That's where the thousands of dollars over thirty years comes into play. So you're not uh, you're not you're not telling them anything uh, that's deceptive. I mean, it's factual. If you have the right lender who's willing to spend the time to educate your buyers. I just wanted to expand a little bit on
1: Absolutely. that. Absolutely. On a 30-year mortgage, on a $400,000 house, it's ridiculously easy for a lender to save somebody ten dollars to $20,000 over the life of that loan. It's yes. not. Yes. It, it's you're, you're talking a fraction of a point. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's so, it's so super easy. So that said, keep it super simple. All your goal is, your goal is not right now is not to get them to use your lender. Your goal right now is to get them on the phone with your lender, right? Yeah. So you always have to understand what is my goal and don't try and go too far. Too often people, when they when they get someone on the phone the you know they all they're trying to do is they're trying to get them to commit to doing business with them don't get them to commit to that yet just get them to, to go on a date with you right think about dating right Jeff when you were back in the day before you were married when you were dating if you've ever gone on a blind date or anybody that's listening who has knows that <clears throat> when a blind date comes to the door you don't knock on the door and immediately dive in for a kiss right like that's just not a good strategy right and yet agents all the time you know you're making out with people on the door on the doorstep like stop take me to dinner buy me some flowers show me some value then we'll talk about of you know holding hands maybe right but but don't ask me to commit to something i have no idea what we're even talking about yet so very important to take it slow with those relationships all right now so habit number three is lead conversion very important now habit number four is also very important, and I want you to write this down. The core value at Club Wealth is no success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. The most important thing I can ever share with you is that you have to have to have to have balance in your life, and we all talk about balance, but it has to be a habit for you. Having balance in your life has to be habitual, so that's why it's habit number four. Habit number four is, If I can develop that balance in my life, if I can, when I'm at work, shut off all all the rest of my life, right? I'm going to focus on work when I'm at work. And when I'm with my family, I'm going to shut off work. So I'm not taking phone calls for work when I'm with my family. If I'm on vacation, I got somebody else handling things while I'm gone. I'm not the one that's got to deal with every problem that happens in my business when I'm on the beach with my family. And so you've got to learn not only to draw those boundaries, but you've got to learn to do it in a way that makes it work for you and for the people in your life, both at work and at home. Mm-hmm. So again, the, the 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 quote is, no success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. And finally, you have to be in the habit of being profitable. And I say that it's interesting because so many people say, oh, that's so dumb, Michael. That doesn't need to be a habit. That's just that, you know, that just goes without saying. Listen, if I went into most agents' businesses right now, most of them could not show me a profit and loss. And those that could, it would really be just more of a loss than any kind of profit. And if you don't believe me, if you think that what I'm saying is crazy train, I want you to look at your freaking bank account right now. Yeah. Do you have 6 to 12 months worth of expenses in the bank? If you don't, you might have a problem with money on an emotional or, or a psychological level, or a subconscious level. You definitely have to have a good relationship with money, and you have to be in the habit Of being profitable so one thing that i would recommend is you need to have a profit and loss that's easy to understand i would suggest if you do not have employees then i would get something uh i'd go to qbspecial.com qbspecial.com and that is we have an arrangement with quickbooks to get a discount for real estate agents on quickbooks self-employed which is a super cool app Um, it basically connects up with your bank statement and your credit card statements Uh, and it shows all your little expenses on there. You swipe left if it's a business expense, right if it's a personal expense. You've always got an up-to-date profit and loss. It's super easy. It's kind of like Tinder for money, right? (laughs) Is that a bad example? Um, You know what? You might as
0: well stay on this path. So now
1: we're going to... We're, we're, we're going to hook up apps and we've, we've talked about drug dealers. Where else can we go with this? This is good. That's awesome. And by the way, I've never been on Tinder, but I heard that there's a lot of, I <laughs> think, going on there. So I, I couldn't even tell you completely what it's about. I'm not sure I want to know. But my point is simply this. They make it really simple to keep track of your finances. And you need to be looking at your profit and loss. If you have employees, you need to be in something like, more robust like QuickBooks um, but you need to be looking at your P&L at a minimum of once a month. I would recommend the first Sunday of each month. That way it's a, re- a repeating appointment um, and you do it prior to the week. And so you kind of get your week started off thinking about where am I spending the money? And by the way, when money's tight, stop cutting money in your business and start cutting money at home. That's the biggest mistake people make when they need to get small financially. They yeah. start by cutting the business expenses. The business, that's the goose that lays the golden eggs instead of killing the goose, yeah. stop eating so many freaking eggs. Yep. So, biting, biting off the hand. biting off the hand. That's exactly right. So habit number five is be profitable. So I would suggest those are the five habits that you need to develop in your business. Lead generation, lead follow-up, lead conversion, being profitable and maintaining balance in your life. And with that, Jeff, I think we are just about out of time. Would you like me to share those leads? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So again, if you weren't paying any attention, there's a lot of golden nuggets that he shared in there. He just repeated the habits again, lead gen, follow-up, conversion, balance, and profitability, which I, I can't discount any of those. And I wish we had more time to go deeper. Uh, but with that said, I think it's important to let our listeners know if they want to get a hold of you, how can they
1: do so? And you mentioned the... Uh, the text. Uh, So let's, yeah, please, please share. All right. So essentially I'm going to give you a phone number It's 727-287-5993. So send a text message to this number. I'll give it to you again, 727-287-5993 and just send the words club wealth to that number. I'll give it to you one more time. 727-287-5993. Text the word Club Wealth there. And then what I'll do is it's called an ethical bribe, right? So I will, in exchange, because I would love to have your contact information. So when you text that number, I'm going to give you 17. Actually, if you do it while we're live right now, you'll get uh, 31 of our best uh, 109 lead sources that we recommend to our coaching clients. Uh, So text that right now. Another place you can go is if you go on Facebook and you search for the Club Wealth Real Estate Agent Mastermind Group, you can certainly jump in there. Uh, a lot of great information in there, but uh, I would really recommend get those lead sources because you got to get your lead sources diversified.
0: I love it. I love it, Michael. This has been fantastic. So again, you got the text seven two seven two eight seven five nine nine three. Go to Club Wealth Mastermind on Facebook. Uh, there are there. I'm in the group. I share in the group. It is a fantastic group of thirty something thousand real estate professionals. Um, and I think uh, it's a great place for agents to go to just expand upon um, just, just their knowledge base and learning from from different individuals in the business. So Michael, this has been fantastic, man. I really appreciate you being on. Like I said, we've gotten to know each other, uh, you know, off camera, if you will, and uh, just getting to, to have these conversations with you are always enlightening. This has been fantastic.
1: And uh, I really appreciate you being on with us today. Well, feelings mutual, man. Seriously, I appreciate you having me. <laughs> and by the way, and, and I know you won't do this, but I will uh, for on your behalf. Seriously, if you guys haven't uh, connected with a lender, if you need a lender that's going to work <laughs> a little differently with you, and who's going to and who's really going to work hard to be an actual partner with you instead of just a leech that wants you to send them business, you need to reach out to Jeff. Um, I get I get to. I've, I've worked with lenders all over the country and some great people too. I'll I'll say there's some, there's other great lenders out there also, but I got to tell you, just the real deal. And if you want to work with somebody that is really going to be a partner with you and it's going to be a two-way relationship instead of just you sending them a bunch of business, reach out to Jeff.
0: So. Very, very nice of you. That is in fifty-five, six, seven episodes. It's the first ever plug that's ever been given to me. So thank
1: you, my friend. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad you were okay with it. I thought maybe you were going to be give me a hard time, but like Michael, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> uh, you know, What the heck? You know. what's
0: what's the harm, really? If they don't know what I do by now, I'm I'm uh, pretty much irrelevant to, to them anyway. So, <laughs> um, so awesome. I appreciate you again, Michael. And uh, obviously, we'll be talking again uh, very very soon on other platforms. And of course, we've got your event coming up in a month. So, uh, looking forward to that. And uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely be in touch. Sounds great. All right.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Thanks, brother. Talk soon. Bye bye. Lab
0: Coat Agents Podcasts.